Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a great week. I want to talk to you today about finding out your child's core fear. Now, you might be saying, Natasha, this is really obvious. I really don't need to listen to a podcast about how to figure out what my child's afraid of because I deal with that on a daily basis. Yes and no. Most of us know what the front burner issue is. We know that our child is refusing to go to school. We know that our child is afraid to go to sleep at night. Or if our child has OCD, we know that our child is washing their hands nonstop or they're over wiping or they're tapping in threes. We know those things, but do we go down the rabbit hole and figure out what the core fear is? And without that, really therapy and any kind of approach that I talk about, or probably any therapist talks about, isn't going to work or is going to take a much longer time because you're not addressing the main issue. You're addressing the symptoms. I kind of equate it to like this octopus. <laughs> Just stay with me for a minute. You know, you're whacking at all the arms and maybe you, you, you conquer one arm, but then the seven other arms that you haven't dealt with are popping up and you see them as seven or eight different problems instead of different arms of the same beast. And instead of hitting the arms, go for the head and kill the beast. <laughs> okay. Now it's starting to sound violent, but it's the only analogy I've got right now. So you just have to go with me. That's how a lot of anxiety and OCD is treated. People are focusing on the arms and not realizing that they're all interconnected. And I want to help you with that today because I have decided to record my podcast episodes and my YouTube videos. So if you're not on my YouTube channel, you should go there and check it out because it's totally different material, different themes, different topics. And that is at youtube.com backslash C backslash anxious toddlers 78. I always leave a link in the show notes and on my website, but I'm going to be recording all of my monthly podcasts and YouTube videos at one time, once per month. It's like my new effort to streamline all of this craziness that I call my life and not be recording every week because that's very time consuming. And that way I am working on some new classes. I'm working on a social anxiety class, which I'm super excited about because it's going to be directly for kids and adults who have social anxiety. So stay tuned for that one. But because I'm doing them in groups, I am, I'm having kind of a, a bigger theme that I want to help you with. And they're going to be broken up into smaller episodes. So this episode about understanding your child's core fear is going to be very important because we're going to build on it. Because next episode, I'm going to be talking to you about taking that core fear. And then we're going to be addressing the doubt and uncertainty that goes with that core fear. And then from there, the next episode is going to be talking to you about what ERP, exposure response prevention is and how it works and how we're going to use the core fear and the doubt. And we're going to apply it to the most effective approach that is out there for OCD and anxiety. And then the episode after that, we're going to talk about ideas for ERP, depending on your child's theme. So that's a lot of work. And I'm going to walk you through that 
one episode at a time. So if you haven't subscribed to my podcast already, you should do that because you're going to want to listen to these episodes in order as they come. If you listen to them out of order, it's not going to work. And you might want to listen to them as they're coming out so that you can start to apply them. And that way you're not trying to catch up. Take a moment right now, hit subscribe. That way you're notified. If you listen to these on my website and there's not like a subscription button because you're not on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Lisbon. I don't even know if you pronounce it Lisbon, Lipson, Lipson, whatever. You can sign up for my newsletter. And so you can go there's, I think there's a link in my show notes to sign up for my newsletter, my email newsletter, or you can go to my website because there is uh, a sign up on my website. And then every week I send out an email newsletter that says, Hey, this is what the podcast was about this week. This is what my YouTube video is about this week. So that you're notified because life gets busy. There's people I follow and I do not realize that they have new stuff coming out until I get an email. There's one YouTuber and I love her videos and I wouldn't know to go and check. I probably would totally forget about her unless I got an email that says, Hey, new video by so-and-so. And And I'm like, Oh, I got to watch that. So subscribe so that you get notified. Anyway, let's get back to what I was talking about. I want to teach you how to figure out the core fear because we need to not see that our children have 10 different anxieties or 10 different compulsions. And then we hyper-focus on how do I help her go to sleep? How do I help her get to school? Or if it's OCD, how do I help them not wash their hands? Or how do I help them, you know, not have to erase their paper over and over again when they're doing their homework? And you're not really getting to the main issue. And you need to know that core fear in order to build on it, like we're going to be talking about. So one way to do that is take a step back and observe your child in a more global perspective. So if you are an organized person or a visual person, maybe what you want to do is grab a piece of paper. Or if you're a technology person, I'm an ex, I'm an Excel person. So right now I'm tracking my child's uh, eating because we're still struggling with that. And maybe one day I will talk about that on my podcast. I talk about it on my private Facebook group. So if you're not in there, you should join there. But, um, so I track that and I, so I'm writing down everything that he's eating every day because he has, um, OCD issues around eating and really restrictive eating. So instead of trying to see like, Oh, is it getting better? Is it not? I track it. I write it down every day. So that's kind of annoying, but it's really effective. Maybe if you're that kind of person, you can do that for your child's anxiety or OCD themes. So if you're not sure, what they are, or maybe you're sitting there going like, Oh, I don't even really need to track this. I could tell you every day what is going on and what the problems are. So write them down. So if you're, if we're talking about anxiety, write down when your child's anxiety pops up. Even if you think, you know, I would do an experiment and maybe for the next week or 48 hours, depends on how intense your child's anxiety is, write down Anytime they have an anxious moment, what happened right before, what happened during, what happened after, what was it about? You know, so maybe do kind of like a before, during, after spreadsheet, or, you know, if you're just jotting it down on a notebook and keep track of it and maybe even date it and time it because there might be a pattern in the time. So 
If your child has OCD, these are going to be a little bit different. I feel like I could do anxiety and OCD in the next four or five podcasts that I'm going to be doing walking you through this because the methodology is the same, but the outcome will be different. So um, even though those are two very different problems, the methodology in trying to get this jump started is going to be identical. So we can talk about both. So if your child has anxiety, not OCD, it's still going to be relevant. If your child has OCD, not anxiety, still relevant. Now I will say that it is important to know that therapeutically, my approach for anxiety and OCD is different. And there are some tweaks that have to happen that would be very different. Like if a child has anxiety, I'm going to talk a lot to them. I'm going to do a lot of reframing. I'm going to attack their cognitive distortions and I'm going to talk about green thoughts and red thoughts and really attack their core fear. And if you aren't sure if your child has anxiety or OCD, I just made a YouTube video on it. And so you can go to my YouTube channel and check that out. And that is at youtube.com backslash C backslash anxious toddlers 78. And that would be a good video to watch as we're going through this so that you kind of know what you're dealing with. And that is important because if the child has OCD, I'm not going to do a lot of restructuring of their irrational thinking. I'm going to go right to ERP, which we're going to talk about in the sessions to come. So I'm still going to do that with the anxious kid as well, but I'm also going to do a lot of red thoughts and green thoughts. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I talk a lot about red thoughts and green thoughts in my online parenting class to help kids with OCD. So, I mean, I don't know why I just said that to help kids with anxiety. I don't do that in my class for parents who are raising kids with OCD because they know their thoughts are irrational. It doesn't help. And we don't go down that hole. Anyway, back to what I was talking about. So if your child has anxiety, keep track what happened before, during, and after. If your child has OCD, keep track of their compulsions. That's pretty much going to be the indicator that you're going to see in your house. So write down what they had to do. A lot of times, if it's a child, a lot of their compulsions are reassurance seeking. And so it's the questions that they're asking you. And a lot of parents don't realize that that's actually the compulsion. And I I do a lot of podcasts and videos on that. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, you should watch some of those older videos or podcast episodes on reassurance because you're the sink, you know, the hand washing, they go to the sink for them with their fears. They go to you. Actually, I did a really good video on that called how to not complete the OCD loop. That's on YouTube. So go back and listen to that or watch that. But get a spreadsheet and write down all the compulsions your child is doing. And then if you're not sure, and you have to walk a little bit carefully on this one, you want to ask your child, what is your OCD telling you that makes you want to do that? You want to frame it in a way that's not blaming the child or humiliating the child or making them feel uncomfortable. And hopefully you've listened to enough of my podcast and YouTube videos that you've already named the OCD, or if you're taking my OCD online class, you've already named the OCD and your child already understands what OCD is. You've already shown them my YouTube video. That's for kids to explain what OCD is. And, and so they're not going to be offended when you say, you know, 
What is Mr. Bossy telling you when you do that? Now, if it was my son, I'm going to be totally honest. He wouldn't tell me because some kids are just so closed off. They would say, it's not Mr. Bossy or it's not my dictator or it's not, oh, they just are in denial. And there's other people who are very, very articulate and very open about it. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm worried that if I touch that, I might get the stomach virus and then I might throw up. So it depends on your child, but you kind of want to try to figure out what those compulsions are about. So all this sounds very abstract and you know me, I love to give some really good concrete examples. So let's talk about some specifics. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Let me give you some examples from thousands of kids I've worked with. So I'll just kind of make a composite person in my mind and give you some just general stereotypes of what this might look like. So let's say you have a child and they're afraid to go to school. Super common one. So we're going to talk about anxiety first, then I'll do an OCD version to give you an example of both. So let's say your child, you know, doesn't want to go to school and they feel nauseous and they just say, I feel better if I stay at home. And so they're avoiding going to school. Now, that same child might have a hard time going to sleep at night. And so they might say, I'm just afraid. Can you lay with me? Can you check on me? Can you come back and see me? When are you guys going to bed? Are you guys going to bed soon? And they're very nervous about that. And that same child maybe is nervous to go to a sleepover. And so they're like, "Ah, I really want the sleepover. Can I go to sleepover? And then they do. And then you get that call at midnight. Mom, can you come and pick me up? I just don't feel okay. Does that sound like one of your kids? (laughs) You're like, Natasha is psychic. How does she know this? Or maybe not. So you want to explore that. So you write that down on your sheet if you're tracking it. And then you ask your child. And if you've ever heard me talk before, one of my favorite things to do is to say, what's the worst thing about blah, blah, blah. It's super effective. I know that is not like jaw-dropping, amazing, talented stuff, but it's very effective. So you say to your child when they don't want to go to school, what's the worst part about going to school? What's the worst part? I just don't want to go. It's just boring. I just feel better at home. I know, but what's the worst part? Well, I just want to be with you. And then you might say something like, well, if you're not with me, you know, what is your anxiety telling you? Or hopefully you've named it. So, you know, what's your dictator telling you? I know that you know everything's fine, but what's the worst thing that could be happening while you're at school? Well, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're safe. I mean, sometimes I don't even know what you're doing while I'm at school. You could get in a car accident. Okay. So now we know that that, that behavior is controlled by their fear of your safety. So that's the core fear there. And then you say at nighttime, what's the worst part about going to bed? I don't know. I just like you with me. They don't normally give you the answer right away. So you have to be patient and some kids never do. And so you might have one of those, but most kids, well, I don't want to say most because I have one that doesn't, but many kids will eventually tell you if you follow this rabbit hole all the way down and you keep 
persisting in a loving sort of way. So you might say, when you go to bed at night and you're laying there, what does your dictator tell you? What's the worst thing that can happen in that moment? Now, I find it very helpful to separate out what they think versus their anxiety or their OCD. Because it's so funny. I've had some teenage boys in my office. And if I ask them directly, what are you afraid of? They are going to proudly say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. But then I, if I say, I know you're not afraid, but anxiety doesn't make sense. And it's not about being brave or not brave. Anxiety just tells us things that are not true. So what's your anxiety saying? You're not afraid, but what does your dictator say? And then surprisingly, I'll normally get an answer with that. When I separate it out from them, it's not about you. I know that you know you're fine. I know that you're not worried, but what does your dictator say? So you can try that approach for kids that are a little bit more resistant. So let's go back to our example. So that girl might say, well, when I'm in my bed, I don't know where you are. What if somebody has broken into the house? What if somebody's hurting you? What if you're not okay? Okay. So the core fear there is, again, I'm worried about my mom's safety. So then we go to the sleepover. Child doesn't want to go to the sleepover. So you might say, what's the worst thing about going to the sleepover? I just want to be with you. I just feel weird. I just want to be in my own bed. I just want to be in my own house. And I'm giving you all the very stereotypical answers that I typically get from kids initially. And then I might say, I know, yeah, it's definitely better to be in your own house. I totally get that. So validate it. Don't move on. Validate it first and then say, but what else? Like, what's the worst thing that could be happening while you're over at your friend's house? And then they might say, well, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're safe. Something bad could be happening. Or I know you're going to go out when I'm at my friend's house. And what if, you know, something bad happens to you because it's going to be dark and I know you're going out with your friends and maybe, you know, you're going to a parking lot, something could happen to you there. Okay. So what do we have there? They're worried about your safety again. So we take three separate situations, refusing to go to school, refusing to go to bed, refusing to go over to a friend's house. And the core fear is the same. That's what I'm talking about. So I could be whacking at the octopus arms of just go to bed, just go to school. What's wrong with school? Who's bullying you at school? What are you afraid of at night? Um, why don't you like going to your friend's house? You need to become more independent. And I'm not hitting the beast at all. I'm missing the mark completely because the core fear is one thing. It's just being manifested in different ways. Now you may not get answers as succinctly as that, but a lot of times I do. It's just constantly working towards that core fear. Let me give you an example with OCD. There are typically about eight themes that I talk about that are the most common in OCD. It's kind of how I mentally organize OCD. And when I do that, it really OCD makes a lot more sense to me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can listen to episode 25, where I go over the eight most common themes. And you want to know what themes you're dealing with and why. So they are kind of two different things. So the themes, like there's contamination OCD, there's harm OCD, just right OCD, moral or scrupulosity OCD. There are intrusive thoughts, or some people call it pure O OCD. So there are these themes, but even within those themes, 
there is a core fear and the core fear is different because I can have contamination OCD and somebody else can have contamination OCD and the core fear could be completely different. So you still want to get to the core fear. Finding the theme is very important as well. And if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, go listen to that episode and then come back to this. All right. So let's look at a child with OCD. So a lot of times OCD hides in the questions that they ask. They are asking for reassurance. So let's say you have a child who says, mom, you know, I just touched that plant and I know that you have fertilizer in that plant. And then I touched my eye. Do you think I'm okay? And then you're like, sure, honey, you know, it's fine. No, that's not bad. And then maybe down the road, your child is saying something like, Hey mom, you know, I was just putting on some makeup and I got a little bit in my mouth. Do you think that that's okay? So you're starting to keep track of the different things that your child is asking. And then maybe you're watching them wash their hands over and over at the sink randomly throughout the day. And then maybe you're seeing your child rinse out their cups and they rinse off their forks before they ever eat or drink anything. And so every time you notice they're going to the sink and they're rinsing something out. So that's three different behaviors. So they're asking you for reassurance about things. They're washing their hands a lot and they're rinsing things off. Now that could be any OCD theme. Now you might look at that on the surface and say, maybe those are different. You know, maybe they're worried about their health with the makeup and the fertilizer, and maybe they're washing their hands because they're afraid of germs, and maybe they're rinsing out cups because they're afraid of germs. You don't know. So then maybe you ask your child, let's say you call it O. What does your O tell you? When you ask me about makeup, what does your O tell you is wrong or that you need reassurance for? So then maybe your child says, well, O tells me that makeup could be uh, poisonous. There could be you know, things in there that are toxic or are bad for me. And if it gets into my eye or my mouth, then I eat it and I can get poisoned. Okay. So then the core fear there is I'm going to be poisoned. So then you ask them about the plant. What does your O tell you about when you ask if you touch the plant and if that's bad for you? Well, the fertilizer that could be poisonous. And then maybe you notice your child's hand washing and you say, when does O make you wash your hands? And then maybe your child says, well, I wash my hands every time I touch a pencil. So when I do my homework, I will use my pencil. Then I'll have to go wash my hands and then I'll put it down, but then I'll, I'll touch my pencil again. I'll have to wash my hands. And then you might ask something like, what's O telling you that makes you want to wash your hands every time you touch a pencil. And then maybe your child will say something like, well, there's lead in pencils, or that's what I was told, you can have lead poisoning. And so I'm worried about that. So now you see our core fear so far in all three of those examples is poisoning. And then you might say to your child, I notice that you rinse out your cups. What's that about? What's O telling you? Oh, well, the cups are in the cabinet. And I know when we first bought this house, the cabinets were put in and I thought I saw some like dust uh, some like wood filings or something from when they were making the cabinets. And I know that was like five years ago, but I worry that maybe some of that dust is poisonous and it will leave residue in the cups or on the silverware. So now 
Our core fear there is poison as well. I might have made some assumptions. I might have thought maybe the makeup, they were just worried that they, you know, maybe I would have thought that was because they thought there was something toxic related to the makeup, the fertilizer, but the hand washing, I might've thought they're afraid of germs. They don't want to get sick with the rinsing out of cups. I could have easily thought maybe that's germ related again. And I could have just chalked it up to pure, typical, stereotypical OCD and just thought, oh, they're just like a germaphobe and they're afraid and they're rinsing their cups out. And that's why they're washing their hands. When in reality, it's a main core fear theme of poison. And so when we progress in therapy or when, as you listen to these new podcast episodes that are going to be coming out, we wouldn't be tackling germs. We would be tackling the fear of being poisoned. That's the core fear. So does that make sense? And and it may not always be as beautifully succinct as that, (laughs) but you know what? Sometimes it actually is. Sometimes, a lot of times actually, it is pretty clear cut that there is a main core fear that's tying everything together. Now, there may be several of them, but more often than not, there's one bigger core fear. And you want to tackle the bigger core fear first, because when you make progress with that, sometimes just as a byproduct, the other little core fears go away. Not always, but they're easier to tackle. So I'll give you an example in my own home, and then I think that you'll probably get the point. So with my son, he was afraid, he has a lot of anxiety issues, and he was afraid of shots, which seem really common. I mean, what kid's not afraid of shots? And he was afraid of cacti. We live in the desert. (laughs) We're in Arizona. So for you, you might be like, well, that's just a really weird fear. And that's not a problem because we're in Minnesota. But here it's a problem because there are cacti everywhere you go. So he would be walking all the way around the car. He would be walking like into the road to avoid a cactus. So it became kind of a noticeable thing. Shots became such a big deal that we had to forego flu shots and he would be up at night crying every day about the shot that he was going to get in four years. So it was, it was bad. Not your typical, I'm afraid of shots because who loves shots, right? Haircuts were a big deal. He did not want a haircut. Um, we'd have a major fit when we said it's time to get a haircut. And it wasn't because he had sensory issues and he just didn't want someone touching his head. He was afraid of the scissors. And he was afraid of people poking him and poking his stomach to the point where sometimes he'd pull his pants up really high because he didn't want them to poke him in his stomach. And let me think what else. There was something else. Oh yeah. He didn't want to get his nails clipped. So for a long time, being way too close to the problem, the forest and the tree kind of issue, I thought that these were all just separate anxiety issues that were super annoying. (laughs) So it was like, he's just afraid of everything. I mean, my gosh, you know, he's afraid to get his hair cut. He's afraid to get his nails clipped. He's afraid of the doctor. He's afraid of shots. He's afraid of, oh, and then he was afraid at nighttime, he would have a hard time going to sleep. And then when I would talk to him about like, what's your worry cloud telling you? He would say, I'm afraid someone's going to break in and they're going to stab me. So When eventually I started to put all of these together, there was a common core fear and the core fear was being poked or stabbed. So the haircut, I'm afraid that they're going to cut me with the scissors. For shots, I'm I'm afraid that they're going to poke me. 
for people, I'm afraid they're going to poke my stomach and it's going to hurt. Um, for his nails, I'm afraid that dad is going to clip me and he's going to accidentally cut me. For the cactus, I'm afraid that a needle is going to poke me from the cactus. You know, at nighttime when he was afraid to go to sleep, you know, being stabbed, literally stabbed. So when I tie those all together, he only had one core fear and that was to be poked. That was his core fear that was really ballooning out and upsetting him and impacting the many areas of his life. And so instead of addressing bedtime and haircuts and getting his nails cut, we addressed poking. Poking was his fear. And so we addressed the core fear of poking and everything around that core fear got better. I'll use him as an example throughout the next four podcast episodes to show you kind of how when we tackled that, the head of the octopus, <laughs> to continue with this weird analogy, that it got rid of all the arms and that all of it got better, which is amazing because we actually went to go get his haircut yesterday and there was no talk about it. He got his haircut and there was like no talk about it at all. And then he got like an amazing haircut because his hair is so difficult. So I was like, oh, your haircut looks so good. And then I said to my husband, do you know he didn't give us any problems getting his haircut? And then that night, this was yesterday, he had to get his nails clipped. And normally there's like a lot of negotiating and some tears and there was not a problem at all. And I never did anything to address the haircutting or his nail clipping, but I did exposures. And we'll talk about that in podcast episodes to come purely on poking. And it got rid of all of those fears. So that's why the core fear is so important because you're going to be spinning your wheels and exerting a lot more energy and effort than you need to if you just start tackling the core fear. Now he has other issues. You know, we have major food issues right now that are OCD related and have nothing to do with poking. They have a little bit to do with choking, but it morphs because OCD morphs really quickly. And your child is going to have more than one core fear, but you might have like three core fears versus 25 anxiety issues or 25 compulsion issues. So we want to narrow it down. I hope that makes sense. And if you haven't subscribe, subscribe so that you can listen to next week, because next week we're going to start rolling up our sleeves and talking about how to use this idea, this concept of the core fear to develop a great plan on how to help our kids. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up next. If you're enjoying my podcast, please don't forget to hit a star. If you're watching or listening rather on iTunes, if you just hit one of those stars, you don't even have to leave a review. That actually is very helpful and that's giving back and it will take you literally two seconds. So please hit a star. And if you're feeling really giving, if you can leave a review, I love that. It helps support the show and helps it grow. Because I am recording these podcasts now in batches and not on a weekly basis, I haven't been able to say thank you to all the people who have left really nice reviews in the last month. So I guess I'll have to do like a roundup each month and just thank all of you. Um, I want to say thank you to Sarah Golden and Amy Lou. It's funny because she was talking about how she went to... ASU and went into the same program that I did. So small world. Thank you, Amy, for leaving a really nice review. And other people don't really leave 
their names. And so then it now sounds weird to thank you, but Beach Lexi (laughs) and Mulder, I really want to thank you. But I know I do recognize some of you from my private Facebook group. And I appreciate that. And don't forget to subscribe because this is going to be a really great series. And so now that you know the core fear, we're going to move into how you utilize that to make a really succinct plan to help your kids with anxiety and OCD. I hope you have a wonderful week. Don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.